0: Second, we saw this team and we finally got away from the discussion with numbers and able to see the names and like, oh, yeah, well, this is an exciting group and having them and, you know, we're looking to see kind of their leadership develop throughout this as the, hey, you've been here before. You're on a team with a ton of first years. This is on you guys to, one, develop, but something where, and I've said it to them a lot at this point, but for good or for bad, you've been given the gift of responsibility Mm -hmm. here. So...
1: Welcome back to the Sabre Hockey Show. My name is Yuri Houston, and here with me again today is my co-host, Calvin Simon. And joining us today is the Shakopee Bantam B1 head coach, Connor Hall.
2: Yeah, and on today's show, we jump right into an in-depth interview with Coach Hall. We're excited to talk about his players and coaching staff, and talk a little bit about his expectations for the Shakopee Bantam B1 team this season.
1: Also, if you haven't yet, make sure you give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening on, and if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you missed our last episode, make sure to go give it a listen, as we are excited to bring you the most up-to-date news on Sabre Hockey.
2: All right, well, I think it's time to give a big welcome to our our guest on today's show. Uh, We are joined here with the Bantam B1 head coach, uh, Mr. Connor Hall. Connor, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, well,
0: truly a pleasure to be here. I'm not going to say longtime listener, but throughout the past couple of months, I'm not going to say
2: uh, missed an episode. So great. So you do listen. Oh, oh, we listen. That's great. That's great. So we're we're doing a couple of things right, Erie.
1: Anybody who's listened, at least I would say, if you've listened, started listening since last episode, I would still. Con- Consider you a long-time listener because we haven't been posting too much recently. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, yeah. i have been on since episode four, so we'll okay, there.
1: And this is uh, episode seven here, yeah. so yeah, you're uh, you're catching
2: us right when we're getting into full swing. We anticipate a lot more content to come out between now and and really the end of the, the hockey season because there's a lot to talk about now. We're coming out of the off season when we you know started the pod. So, uh, Connor, we're we're excited to have you on. We're excited to talk about you, uh, your team. Uh, you know just your journey through hockey and life uh, and and really excited for you know everyone that's that's listening to get to know you a bit better right i've gotten to know you more uh, over the last couple of seasons uh, really uh, enjoyed the the trial process and your involvement uh, specifically with the bantams this year uh, I thought you brought good things and and, and have been for a while so um, the days of Walking into their rink and nobody knowing who you are, quickly going to come to a close. Not that we have any video um, to show your face, but um, we'll get that on the promo. I'm sure Yuri will have that. Dialed oh in. yeah, we'll have it dialed in there. Fantastic. Well, cool. Well, I'll h- just hit you with a hard-hitting question right away, um, and it's a simple one though. Uh, what's your favorite hockey memory? And this can be as a coach or as a player. Uh, and if you have, you know, two really good, you know, memories, you can share both as well. Yeah, that's a good
0: question there. I, I mean, we got these questions before to to prep a little, but yeah, you know, still something where the thought goes into it. But I'd say favorite hockey memory is really just kind of the compilation of them throughout my high school season. So was a great water bottle filler. You know, Ray uh, did all that as the backup goalie going through a Hopkins program there. But really thinking about it, the games just all kind of blend together at this point. There's a couple of standout memories from all that, but really just a locker room after just being able to spend the time with, with everyone there. We had a, it's weird. We had a coach, my junior year goalie coach worked for Best Buy. He brought in a bunch of uh, some old fun stuff. Like we had an Xbox in there, but someone brought in their old Nintendo. So we hooked that up sure. on the screen. we watched watch filming and uh, after practice, almost every day, if we weren't doing something else, we'd hang around and play golden eye with each other for two hours oh, well. after practice. And I mean, what, 16 guys fighting for a couple controllers it was a, <laughs> no question. a great time for sure but no, was always super happy to be there the conversations and just the random stuff
2: yeah that is always what it is though isn't it it's, it's never I shouldn't say it's never it's it's usually the, the other moments right yeah. the locker room moment playing the video games or the bus rides and the singing or the whatever it might be um, you know, with, with coach Kraski last week, it was losing, you know, by lots of goals <laughs> in that story, but I think that's all great. You know, those are, those are cool things. And, uh, gold and I, I was, I was good. I was not nearly as good as most of my buddies, they, but they put a lot more time into that game. Um, you probably would have dusted me if you played often with the boys.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was mediocre there. You mentioned, uh, coach Kraski with, uh, big losses, me uh, growing up playing goalie there. The big losses were never the favor. We saw a whole lot of them back there, but sure. I mean, learn something from it, have fun, but
2: they uh, still sting. Yep. So. And growing up was, uh, you were in Hopkins, right? You grew up in Hopkins and played youth and high school, your whole experience there? Yep. Yeah, so grew up Hopkins uh,
0: the same way as, uh, so I'm the oldest kid, I have two younger sisters, so didn't fall into the classic goalie of, uh, hey, your uh, your older brothers want to shoot on you, uh, someone's got to play goal, but no no grew up uh skated out for first couple of seasons then saw the cool pads as everyone does and went hey uh, hey dad you want to spend a whole lot more money on this <laughs> and uh, jumped into the net and played that all the way through was uh no. was a b-level player knew the goalie ahead of me he went off to play juniors and all that had uh and some division one offers but fell out of love with the game and didn't take them but it was uh whole part where you kind of knew your role right from the beginning there so stuck with the program because that's where my friends were really enjoyed all that time but it was known from the beginning that you know probably going to be the backup unless i mean still fight compete on all that but knew that hockey was done for me after high school played a little bit of club in college but knew where that was and really just enjoyed it for the fun and battled hard every day
2: yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important to know your role and where you fit in a in a group, in a team setting, a work environment. You never want, to obviously, limit yourself. So I know you were still pushing and growing yourself every day, but you know it's still really valuable to be like, hey, you know what? Today I'm the number two. He's the number one, and that's all I'm going to show up and I'm going to support in that regard. But hey, if opportunity comes, I'm jumping into this thing and I'm going to be ready. Um, is that more your approach to it, or you know, just talk about that? Oh, for sure. That I mean.
0: You go into it as a goalie. It's a different prepping on a game day to be um, starter versus the backup as you're coming in there. Like as the backup, you're really looking for a whole lot more kind of longevity in your warm up into the game. Like looking for a lot more endurance stuff because you're going to try to like you know you're going in cold. So if you're going in outside of the first five minutes of it, you're going to be cold. But you got to make sure that your warm up process got you there ready to go in at any point. So you behave a little different for that. I mean. Obviously, all of the compete is still there. It was the greatest thing in practice. It was the most hard and competing there was. Mm-hmm. Like, love, absolutely love the guy. We we're friends. We did all that stuff, but you know, we pushed each other for sure the entire way. And that competition led to both of us to get better. So it was a fun part there. But yeah, uh, coming over the boards a couple of times there, it was, I mean, stinks because the position the team or someone getting hurt was in. But yeah, it feels good for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's helpful to have the respect between each other. And you mentioned that. Um, you also mentioned club hockey, uh, playing at college. Um, this was South Dakota, South Dakota State. Where, just talk about that experience playing club. I think people don't realize how much fun club hockey can be. Um, and then it's actually pretty good hockey. It's not like it's just bad hockey. It, you know, it obviously can differ between each program um, but it's usually you know people that played to some extent you know in high school and whatnot talk about your experience playing club hockey
0: yeah so club hockey at South Dakota State was definitely uh you mentioned being one of the different ones that was uh <laughs> well that was us we were uh, we weren't exactly the greatest team there we had uh, a lot of our players were from the few people from the cities that would wind up out there we'd a lot from kind of your wilmer laverne area some Mm -hmm. out there played with a few kids out of colorado so no it was a fun time for sure but with the distance being out there our closest game uh, for another collegiate club would be us coming up into the cities here so if Mm -hmm. we wanted to play a bethel or a gustavus like truthfully we stayed away from it because we weren't good enough to compete with them and have fun so we played up and down the i-29 corridor so dort creighton uh omaha uh, ndsu so we'd play that but the way it taxed uh we didn't have full teams traveling to games we did a whole lot for practices we'd practice two nights a week from 10 30 to midnight or something right around there and okay. keep that <laughs> grind going but worked out yeah uh, was a super fun experience super happy to stay in the game and that's kind of what brought me into hockey in Brookings, south dakota and worked out well
1: well and i think when you get to that point too like club hockey i mean it's a decision like when you're younger like you want to play hockey in high school and youth but it's also a parent like a parental decision it's that's your decision if you're going to play college like for club and i think it's just a different more a little different level when you're like hey i'm out here to have fun like as much as you want to be competitive and stuff it's it's more like you just enjoy being out on the ice. And the feeling I think is a little bit different because I've skated a few times uh, with some buddies that have played club and uh, know some guys that do play club and they have a buttload of fun. So I think it's a, just a little different level, but it's still so much fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred
0: percent there. I mean, when I think about that, too, being able to go like you're piling in the back of a band van there, you've got your 12 person van, you got a trailer for all your gear and you're driving five hours with some buddies there. You now, spend the night because everything is far enough away where you do a Friday, Saturday, you spend the night in the hotel. It's, of course, exactly what you expect it to be. There's four guys crammed in a room with uh, with two beds there. So you're double bunking. But it was it was the most fun time there was. So, uh, Really, college for me was a whole lot more about the studies than, than everything else. No, hear all that. But no, uh, the ability to go out there and work with the team, like I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought, so I, I only played for a year and a half. Uh, that's kind of when classes got super busy on the other side. But it was one of my more fun uh, hockey experiences.
2: Now, is it, is it like men's league? I don't, I don't enjoy playing men's league much any anymore. I, I did a little bit uh, some years back, but now it's, I don't know, each time I play lately, I played... Uh, probably a month or so ago, um, you know, got the the text in the group from a, a group of buddies saying, hey, need one more. Um, I was available. I was like, yeah, I'll go see the guys. You know, there's a parking lot beverage after you're hanging out. It's, you know, that's what it is for me. I can skate all the time. I prefer a group where it's like we all go to show up and we're buddies and we go play and you wear white and I'll wear dark and we'll we'll play. But this is a men's league. And so you've got guys on the other team that I don't know. I don't know them. We're playing a game. And I feel like every time I play in these experiences, um, myself or one of our teammates has to remind the other team that none of us made it. Um, It's over for us. There's no scouts here. And we all have work tomorrow. And so let's not have a pit stop between the end of this game and a hospital visit before we go back home and then go to work again. Was club, was there a level of respect like that? Is it, I mean, or is it full tilt? Is there, you know, are, are people throwing you know fists are they dropping gloves talk a little bit about just like what is the physicality and the ruggedness or is it you know not like that uh
0: i'd say it was really kind of dependent on the game you got a lot of your uh when we'd travel down play like i think of a creighton game for sure it was kind of like a hey, whatever, we're going out there. Like, you're still making hits. You're going out there. You're physical. I mean, no one dropped the gloves or anything in any of our games, but you go out there. It was the whole, like, you're not trying to put someone through the glass. Like, it's the same way most stuff is now. Like, you're just trying to take the puck from them. If you drag his shoulders, you're going through their chest, whatever. But then when you played a rival school, so when we played North Dakota State, never mind the fact that they were unbelievable, I think they won – Division two ACHA that year like they were mm. they were a team and it was a tough experience being a net for that game but that was <laughs> uh, one of the most hard-hitting physical actually no it was the most hard-hitting physical game I've ever seen out there uh pretend like there were more than 15 fans in the stands up there in Fargo but it was not uh, it was a great time we Re- really enjoyed that and seeing that level of intensity that uh <laughs> that stayed for sure never left its mark yeah uh,
2: w- physically and literally Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, that's, it, it sounds like fun. Like there's a good mix of, you know, the days where it's, it's a tough, it's a grind where, Hey, it's physical out here, boys. And then it's, you know, not like that every single game where, you know, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hurt out here. Yeah. You know. And again, I'm, I'm older now. So it's just, it's a little harder to get up for all that stuff that you do when you're, you know, high school or college or any of that. So, okay, cool. Well, Hey, I got a, I got another question for you. That's a little bit, you know, deeper, if you will. Um, just, you know, digging into, you know, maybe a person or people that have made a big impact on your hockey journey? Is there someone that's, you know, had a really big impact on either, you know, your journey through the game as a coach or as a player um, that you'd like to, you know, talk about or give some credit to?
0: Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, mentioning this now just really has me going the entire time. Like, hey, I, I should text this guy. Like I, I still have his number. It was a great impact for me, but it was a uh, JV coach in uh, high school growing up. His name was uh, Alex Koich. So he was Coach Koich. But uh, yeah, his his impact on that was great. It was, I mean, I played JV, still even played some JV games my senior year because I just wanted to get game reps in. So we did that. But he was someone who very legitimately always made it fun to go to the rink but mm-hmm. he never let us off easy like he, you knew what was coming the next day when you had a bad game or anything like when you could sense the effort wasn't there you were going out that next practice to work like you, every practice was there it was intense like it was probably one of the more intense jv experiences around but all of that like the expectation was set from the beginning we were on that knew exactly where we were going to be but followed that all the way through and I mean I still think back today like uh so on our senior day senior year we knew so there was a goalie my same age growing up uh, he was going to start varsity senior day game I ended up grabbing the JV that game and like it was the way he spoke about in the locker room before about like it was weird getting the Accolades before a JV game for always coming, always being ready to work. I did both practices, so we mm-hmm. do the varsity and the JV practices, up. which and, is a grind. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, you miss out on miss out on a little bit of film for that, but it was something where as as you're doing both, I mean, one team plays well, you're doing this varsity practice, you could be going right out there and bag skating with them. So, <laughs> so you know see it both too well. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah. we had that. I was uh getting through warm-ups of that jv game uh that that was tough i was like super emotional before that like fired up and ready to go out but hearing all that that was one of the more emotional moments in a locker room going out so it was the whole like hey we'll pull the cage down so no one sees uh watery eyes and everything going on there but who's cutting onions what's going on in here oh yeah (laughs) yeah no but now the impact he made for me like it was something where very legitimately like you always knew where he stood it was constant discussions on this, this this and this and he had my back 100% all the time like it was he was straight with you and if there's something where you're asking for it, yeah he'll do whatever he can to help but he's going to tell you every step along the way and give you everything to improve and when you're not playing well believe it he was the first one to let you know but that's kind of what you need someone to keep you in a in gut check I mean you can build someone up as, as much as you want
2: but you got to stay within reality. There. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he sounds like a great coach. Sounds like a great, great man. Um, do, Is there, you know, things that he did or does that you actively try and emulate or you just feel like show up in your your coaching in today that, you know, maybe you you hadn't thought about, but now you're thinking about it. Like, yeah, I actually do that or, or intentionally maybe you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it started off intentional back when I was uh, really first doing some stuff is, uh, hey, copy this, like you're. You're always there. You're always willing to answer any questions and you're going to get people thinking. So he did stuff and and I really loved it. And I'm continuing this now where it was like, hey, once you've done a drill, once you've done this breakout, regroup, regroup, drill, Parents and kids listening know that I love that more than anything else, mm-hmm. but it's the type of thing where once you've done it those three times, if it ever went up on a board in practice, he was never the one drawing that up. It was always inviting another player, giving them that opportunity, and that's something I really enjoy with uh with my players now is kind of giving them that stuff, and it's so weird, like, you heckle, you grab one knee down there with, um yep. yeah, you're telling them, like, okay, hey, you got to present to the group, you know, stand on this side of the board and yep. do that, so it was all that. And then I remember one moment, uh, with him going before where he was like, you want, he walked, he, he walked in the locker room. He was like, yeah, I had a tough conversation with my boss today. He came up behind me at work and, uh, saw I was watching film at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, "Jeez, oh, dude, what, what in the world are you doing here? Like, you've got a full-time job. Like, yeah, I appreciate all this, but you're doing that. And I'm like, oh, yep. Yep. My, uh, I feel the same thing. You know, we've got the, you got the spreadsheets and everything on, so it's spend Far more time that co workers are always asking how hockey goes because they know I just
2: won't stop talking about it. So it's, isn't it amazing when you're just so passionate about it? Which I know the, the three of us here, we're obviously passionate about the game. We're here talking about it and, and we all spend our time, you know, coaching too and giving back in that regard. And it's, it's hard not to in the middle of the day. My wife teases me too, like, oh, you watched film all last night and now you're watching more, or now you're on the phone with the coaches, or now you're looking at your spreadsheets and looking at what lineup and, you know, all those things. And it's, 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 it's See, I think to me, it's a big sign that you're doing the right thing. Like you should be coaching. And that's, that's a good sign that, you know, you're, you're a coach too. And that you, you love to do that stuff. Even when, you know, I, like, Hey, I got this other uh, priority that I should be taking care of, but I'm just feeling pulled to look at this film or I'm feeling pulled to think about oh, yeah. this hockey. I would be
1: surprised it. if my girlfriend hasn't said yet that I watch too much hockey. She's like, why Why is there always a game on? Whether it's college hockey, NHL hockey, if I can find a high school game to watch during the winter time, I'll pull it up on my phone. I'm always watching hockey, whether it's on Instagram and seeing little clips or YouTube breakdowns or live games. I'm always – I know – It's starting to get to her a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And
2: and listen, so anyone that's, uh, you know, listening, we are recording this uh, today in the Boys High School varsity locker room. Um, And so on the wall behind me, the reason I point that out is uh, our core values. And the first one intentionally is passion. Right? And I think it all starts there. If, if a coach, a player, a person is passionate about something, it's going to be that much easier to put in the work, especially on the tough days, you know, not not so much the easy days, that's that's easy, right? Everybody wants to show up to the rink when they're happy and they're scoring and their team's winning. Um, but if, you know, the, the tough days, maybe you're losing, uh, maybe you're not scoring, um, it's it's come back to that passion. That's what's going to push you through it. And so if you have that good base of that and you're watching hockey all the time and the girlfriend's giving you a hard time about it, or you're watching the film during work or whatever, and it's it's usually means you're pretty passionate, you're on the right path. We'll jump
0: in here super quickly. Haven't missed a deliverable date. All my stuff has gotten into review <laughs> at work on time. It's been good. It's of the high quality, but the other week when I was flying down to uh to Kansas City for a work thing right after tryouts, you can bet that entire flight was spent with uh all the spreadsheets up and yeah, of we'll, we'll building all the base stuff and going through some systems and stuff that I think will uh will benefit this team right away, but also is run in accordance. Uh, none of the stuff we're doing is in a vacuum. So we're not saying, hey, we're the <laughs> Or the Bannon B one team, we're gonna run our own four check, run our own defense. Like, no, this is these are decisions that are made. Like, hey, this is this is a developmental year. Like, yep. let's teach you the stuff that you're going to use at the next steps. So what has historically been run? Let's let's start to do that and yep. working here to develop that. So, a
2: lot of time working uh four check systems and drawing that up on a plane. Yeah, of course, and and listen, we know you take care of your business. Anyone that's listening, it, trust me, when I tell you, Connor is a sharp shooter. He takes care of his business. He's just passionate about hockey too. So, um, well, cool. I I want to talk about your team, uh, Yuri. I don't know if you have any uh, question you want to jump in here on quick. Otherwise, I'd like to start talking about you know his team and his players and coaches.
1: And- yeah, I got one thing. Um, what is your favorite part of coaching hockey? Whether it's an on-ice thing or an off-ice thing, what's your favorite part of coaching?
0: Uh, So weirdly jump back into the professional world here, but the whole strengths finder, hey, you do that in corporate like, oh, yeah, put this up, get your five strengths on your desk. Like I love having uh, competitions, my number one. So being able to jump back in and, you know, take the competitive nature with this is something I really, truly appreciate. And it's there. and, And but at the end of the at the end of the season, the best thing for sure is being able to look back. And that's why I'm so big on the film is grab it from the first game, see where you were at look back on that snapshot and then be able to ride that through the rest of the season and sorry for those uh listen i'm talking with my hands a lot here but being able to go through and look at hey point a here and just continually make that impact all the way all the way throughout the season see what you need to work on and then be able to execute that i think that's the best thing so being like it's again the hyper analysis do this Then at practice, the next day, hey, let's work on this and just be able to see that development. So that's hands down my favorite
2: part. Yeah, competition, growth, development, you know, all those things fire me up too. It's, it's, It's just fun to see, you know, like our time's up. It's just fun to see the kids, you know, get it. And especially, you know, when a kid doesn't think he can do it. Right, and you push them, and, and not like push them outside of what you know is is natural for them, but push them outside of their comfort zone a little bit. That is, you know, within what you've been taught as a coach on how to how to push a kid, and then see them get it, and see them light up, and and have those moments. I know I had plenty of those as a player. Uh, and now, you know, having them as a coach is is equally, if not more rewarding watching another person, you know, make those uh, those achievements and those milestones and those those growth moments.
0: Yeah, it's been the greatest thing we've done. A ton of angling drills of practice like this is uh, your Bantam season. So a lot of people get in their first introduction to checking. So, you yep. uh, know, you see this we've. Every every practice we've gone through, we've done an angling drill. So being able to see that through our first couple of games, even though the results haven't been super great, seeing kids come to the bench after and you just see like that light bulb moment of when it turns on or even a comment made after the game by by one of the players there, it was like, asking like hey what what could we have done and it was yeah hey we got to take the body more I went out there yeah uh, he said this to me after but it was yeah I went out there I, I laid the body on on this hit and you know I put that on I got knocked down when the guy reverse hit me but believe me I was going out there ready to take this and take the angle and slowed him down and like seeing that click for them knowing mm-hmm. the importance of what that was but just coming back on the bench after seeing like the fire in the eye of, yeah, I'm not letting that happen to me again, but
2: see all this, that hyper rewarding. So love that. No question. No question. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in and talk about this, this Bantam B1 team. Uh, you've got some first year and second year players. Let's talk about your, your second year guys. Uh, if you want to just go through them, you can say as much or as little about each guy, um, and, and just share, you know, some things that get you excited about them as players you know you were you were part of the the trial process and, and picking your team um, some of it's out of your control some of the players just lock in the process and then some of it you know you get a little bit of bubble we won't necessarily need to name who was what spot but um, these are guys that either completely earned their way in or they showed you something in the process let's talk about them who are your your returners your second year guys yeah so
0: we're, we got four uh, four second years on this team so we've got now uh, we'll name them all first and then kind of do the deeper dives. But we've got Jake Lorenz, Mason Schoening, Carson Swischenberg and Nico Abdo mm-hmm. are our four returners, our four second years on this team. So enjoy that for sure. It's something where, again, throughout the trial process, you uh, you alluded to it. You've got your your locks and your bubbles, but I can say. And I mean, you were there walking out after the second we saw this team and we finally got away from the discussion with numbers and able to see the names and I'm like, Oh, yeah. Well, this is an exciting group and yep. having them and you know, we're looking to see kind of their leadership develop throughout this as the hey, you've been here before you're on a team with a ton of first years. This is on you guys to one develop, but something where and I've said it to them a lot at this point, but for good or for bad, you've been given the gift of responsibility mm-hmm. here. So you're you're showing that with your play for sure, is you're going out there and, you know, you're all playing well. There's things to work on for sure with each of them. But it's something where, hey, you're showing us how to do it. But let's get a little bit of that, uh, that vocal leadership back in there, too. Like you need a little bit of the lo- of the vocal, but believe me, there's there's four guys there that no one ever questions their passion. And, you know, they're showing up with a hard hat and work boots ready to put that in and just be that great example for the rest of the team. So
2: seeing that has been amazingly exciting so far. That's that's what you want to out of the, those older guys, the the veterans, the the returners to the the Bantam group, um, to be the guys that at the very least, even if they haven't figured out the leadership from a, a vocal or using their voice or, or any of that, just that they show up and work, right? They don't take a day off. They show up and work. You know, that is the the unspoken leadership, right? A he's got a big Absolutely. smile on his face, like yeah. If you if you show up and work. You're just naturally going to get respect out of everyone. And now, when you do say something, it doesn't even have to be necessarily the right thing to say. But you say something, it's everyone's going to listen, right? Because you work, right? And and right or wrong, on you know, how you communicate in the locker room and whatnot, you know, they're going to figure that out. That takes time. Uh, but you know, maybe the guys aren't playing well, and if you don't work hard and you stand up and say, "Guys, we got to we got to play harder," everyone's like, "Yeah, starting with you," you know, that type of thing. But if you work hard. And, you know, maybe you don't say anything the whole time, but you just keep working. Everyone's like, well, at least we know he's working. But if you do say something, it's like, yeah, I, I got to work like him, you know, that type of thing. So it's great that those guys have that naturally. Uh, and I'm sure and super confident you're going to push them uh, to grow in that area too and, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about your your first year guys. Um, so four returners are second year guys. So that means that the bulk of the team has to be first years. Uh, let's talk about them. Uh, yeah, so... First years
0: on this team, we got uh, Luke Hughes, Wyatt Gabrick, uh, Cade Larson, Cooper Wasica, Joshua Yuleberg, Jamison Junkers, uh, Dornbos, and uh, and Alex Conboy there. We are, and we've got our two goalies, too. We're, uh, we're the Bantam team with two. We've got Owen Jensen and uh, JJ. So we're looking forward to that. I mean, being able to work with that has been hyper exciting. And then uh, we've got Nolan Lottie right on this, too, right now. So he's a first year uh was injured throughout tryouts so uh, he'll start the year with us and then is evaluated throughout that process once he's back from injury and um, of course he's got the ability to shift either way but right now we've loved having him at practices and uh, games even though he's got the cast on but uh, we'll be able to have him he's definitely been an asset so far and uh, like a little more on the vocal side like always encouraging people to work he's uh, hyper observing uh, kid he'll come up to us in practice and be like yeah should he have done that and like yes that is exactly like you're you're reading this well this is a perfect time to talk to someone about that
2: that's so, great that is great yeah what well, can you say about the other guys
0: yeah so I mean it's definitely an exciting season these guys have all had success at the Peewee level that they were on before uh, and then the step up onto this team you can tell that the pace for sure is uh, is getting to them a little bit with the difference in that. And this is the first time a lot of them are really playing a little bit more of a dedicated system and knowing their roles within that. I mean, it's the fun like, hey, okay, now I'm F1. I got to go inside out. Outside. Like, you're not, don't drive into the middle. We're We're not doing that. Right. But not seeing that. But overall, like, it's something where we're, We're hyper excited for every single one of them. We could go through and talk 10 minutes on each one of these guys. But it's something where the the skills they've brought and what they've developed so far are good for the Bantam B1 level. But we're really looking at this as a strong developmental year. We've got the we've got the ability to compete, but not at the end of the year. This is something where we're just looking to continue to prep for the next level. And success is definitely a part of that. So we're looking to build that, but. Yeah, a uh, whole lot of compete with this team and uh, we got a ton of smart hockey players. And going back to the uh, the light bulb coming off before, you can see that come on halfway, uh, halfway through a play. And it's like, OK, this is it. We've had your moment. Now we're able to progress onto the next thing and just really kind of take that snowball effect with all them. So,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you got two goalies, um, Owen Jensen, uh, JJ Jadeel Ponce. Uh, we talked about Owen uh, as one of the big stories. He actually made a big jump from the PWC level up to now your team, the Bantam B1 team, uh, and then uh, Jadil also is on that team too, and has you know really been growing as a as a hockey you know goalie and and just a competitor. What can you say about uh, the goaltenders, their personalities, their play style? Um, your former goalie, right? So you got to have opinions. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to hear your take on the on the goaltenders
0: uh yeah we'll start off with uh with owen so far there but like seeing his growth from last year uh seeing what team he was on and all that and yeah you alluded to no longer being able to sneak into the rink and do that you know watched a few more pvc games than probably needed to last year but something where we enjoy being around and seeing the level in that play with where he was at last year and the improvements over the summer and everything that he was doing there it's a uh, it's a night and day difference you can tell the effort he put in the summer and being able to grow through that and his play style he's uh it's, you come to bantams and you know you're growing in uh in a couple different directions there but it's something where seeing that and throughout the first couple of games and practices here he, he's looking good so far we can tell there's a few things to work on for sure but uh as you're as you're coming into your body and growing up and all that it's it, it's an awkward time for a goaltender but being able to see the the progress and the effort it's between the two goalies they're going to be arguably your fiercest competitors at every single practice like mm-hmm. these guys hate to give up goals and they're going to go out there and work their tails off every time and as a coach there's
2: not a whole lot more exciting to see and no uh,
0: so that's it for Owen. And yeah, well,
2: just as I as you say that, it makes me think. You know, Owen obviously makes a big jump from the Pee Wee level at C to into the Bantam level, and now he's playing B one. That's that's even a big jump to go from Pee Wee C to Pee Wee B one, right? Much less jumping up to Bantam. So it's clear he's put the work in. We talked about that last episode, and we're highlighting that a bit now too. Um, so he's a competitor, uh, much like you know yourself, as you as you alluded to earlier. Uh, but now you're going to talk about JJ and. I've spent a good amount of time on the ice with JJ. Uh, I know he's a competitor, right? With. So I, I don't need to know a story of where he was last year, or this year. I just know the boy likes to compete. So you've got two of these guys that like to compete. Um, talk about JJ. So, so
0: I'm grinning ear to ear right now, the chance to talk about him and really, and kind of give him the props. I think he's a goalie that if you've been around the rank, you've seen him for sure. Uh, he's, always here the amount that he loves the game is that but you know, you'll see him on the ice no person ever if he gives up a goal it's never because he uh he didn't try to get there he is you know might not be the most technically sound in the position uh, and that's something that again works with it with time like he hasn't been playing uh, net all that long at all so being able to gain that experience but he is hands down the most fierce like the effort is there a hundred percent of the time. He's got a he's got that and just a knack for getting in front of the puck. Like he he stood on his head and in multiple games. I'm sure everyone's seen some wild performance here at uh Shockfield Renq with that goalie sliding all over making these uh making these unbelievable saves that you'd think there's no way he should have been there for that. And you'll do that for sure. And I think his attitude on that for for sure. Like you see that it's it's so I'll say, as the goalie, love to blame it on the D. It's my favorite thing to do. It's <laughs> always their fault. Shocking oh, I come butt.
1: from a goalie family, I know.
0: Shocking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, you see that you see that backdoor pass slide across. One, he's there for sure. It might not look pretty, but he's got an arm or a leg in front of that puck every time. And uh, throughout these... couple games we've had so far we split time so far and you always ask him like hey what'd you see out there what can we tell our uh our defenseman right now to do that and like every time it's like yeah well they had my back they were doing this and watching there it's like not have got through like (laughs) there was that but there's the solid teammate he is the effort he gives in like i think he's Someone who hasn't got the props he's he's deserved for a long time, just in that like he's he's always here, and I mean, throughout being a part of the trial process too, you can say that about it, every single one of our Bantam goalies were spoiled at that position
2: this year. But seeing that is it's it's an exciting thing. Yeah, no question. He's he's a competitor. He's a uh you know obviously he's not Mark Andre Fleury but for Minnesota fans we've you know been been spoiled to watch him here in the the end of his career and obviously a hall of fame goalie but he, what he reminds me about Mark Andre Fleury is how he can make the save that you just like how did he make that Oh, yeah. how did he make that save you know and, and being critical of jj he's, he's got areas to grow too and you know some of the more routine plays just in terms of how he sets up and how he puts himself in good position to make those early on and not put himself in a position where he has to scramble um is, is where he'll he'll look to grow and, and i'm confident he will but just he, the one he makes these saves you're like i don't know i, I, don't, I don't know how he did it i don't, I don't know you you spent time with him what are, yeah. what are your
1: thoughts from i spent time a lot of time with him this summer and coaching as many games as when he was in net. It was just like every game there was always at least one or two moments where it was like he he just bailed us out on that one. And I was talking to the the whole team on the bench. Hey, we just got away with one because our goalie came with a big save. And he's the type of goalie that will make those plays. And that is just reminds me a lot of my brother – um has a similar style uh he's very quick very agile um and i can see him growing in some of the same steps where it's more of the small little technical things and not necessarily like he's a great athlete he -hmm. can he's very athletic and make the um all the ones probably he shouldn't save Uh um so i think that's the biggest thing for him is just he's one of those goalies where it's like You never know what you're going to get with him because he'll probably come out with a few big ones for you every game.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the ability to to figure out the technical stuff for uh, we've got a ton of goalie resources here in Shockby. We've got help with Air here and they've been an awesome partner. And every time I've been on the ice with them, I've continually been more impressed. It's something we're always asking questions and I'm sure they're annoyed with me asking all this stuff but being able to learn from them and having them in front of our goalies I I love that and, and I mean we can teach the technical stuff and but when you've got that fire and you're coming and you're ready to learn that's a super exciting thing that we see like so I'm highlighting it with our goalies here we had a we had a rough loss last night we lost a six nothing to uh to a Roseville team but after the game there was uh comments in the locker room like a few kids came up and it was like hey at this next practice can we work on this like can like we as a team but it was like hey I need to work on this like can we do this so I can get some more crease time and work on some basic movements and then same thing after uh, in the group chat with uh with a kid and his dad like hey can we uh, go through face-offs and practice tomorrow and going through that like and it's, yeah, I'll gladly talk this with you any day and seeing the, seeing the desire to learn uh, really just goes to show where, where this team is headed. And I think, you know, you pull the snapshots from these first couple games, mm-hmm, who knows where that is, but I challenge anyone, like ask how this is going at, uh, in the middle of February and we'll tell you we're prepping for a deep run and I'm super excited for that. So.
2: Yeah, I think there's going to be so much growth with with this group. I think our entire youth program set up for a big growth year, quite frankly. Uh, but you know, specifically this B one group, you know, it just as the names as you mentioned them, is, is watching them through the tryouts, uh, knowing these kids for you know the last few years, um, and just their own growth pattern to get to the point that they're at today. Uh, you got a team with only you know four second year guys, mostly first year. That spells growth. That is that is they they got a lot to catch up on, and as they get more acclimated, you know they're there's a lot of hockey you know talent there's a lot of hockey smarts on this team there's guys that understand the game and know where to be and what to do um and so as they connect the dots playing at the bantam level and how to be productive how to put pucks in the net and how to play connected in the systems you're teaching them um, i agree i think it's going to be you know really exciting to watch them you know through that growth experience but also in peak time you know as you get through january into february and and the boys are dialed um you mentioned it—a six-zero loss to Roseville. Uh, I know we we started the season a little bit rough. Um, we're zero and two. You know, we we played a, a Lakeville South and a Roseville, uh, dropped both of them. We have yet to score a goal. Um, we've given up a bunch. Uh, I don't I don't say that to be you know funny. I say that more just like that's the reality of it, right? You're. you're It reminds me of um, one of the years I coached Bantams. um, I threw the group into, you know, this was over in Lakeville before I I made my way home here to Shakopee, but, you know, I threw the group into as much tough challenges as I could in the early part. You know, it was like, if it's October and it's November, I want this to be as tough as possible. I'm trying to find anyone I can scrimmage that is going to show us what hockey should look like in January and February, so we can have an understanding of, like, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to work on while we still have time to work at it and while we're going through that growth. And, you know, you, it seems like you've got them on that path already. You, they, they've taken a couple of tough losses. The challenge will be just keeping everybody's spirits up. Uh, I'm confident you'll do a great job of that. But, you know, it just, it, it, it's one of those things where when you look back at these snapshots, of these last couple of games, uh, and you get into those later games, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be really exciting to see, wow. <laughs> and the kids will be embarrassed, right, to see that. And oh, be yeah. like, well, that was me. Well, look what I did. Oh, look what you did there, you know, and they'll be, you know, smiling through it because they will have grown. Um, just talk about the last couple of games. Uh, some of the things that you've seen, not necessarily highlighting like, well, we didn't do this, we didn't do that, but like things that you're like, I'm eager to work on this, this is where we can grow and, and how that gets our our brains going as coaches uh, to help these kids take the next steps in their growth process.
0: Yep, yeah, so I'll say, kind of have alluded to it a couple of times throughout this, but uh, you see things like in, uh, in your forecheck there, like even just your, or, you see it on your forecheck is probably more obvious in, in the defensive zone, like the angle our wings are taking back out, out at their defense. Like it's something as simple as and we saw this click like in the middle of last game where it was, hey, you're driving them inside out because you're so used to the wing like, hey, haven't really gotten much responsibilities. We're just going to hang out. You guys worry about the D up top. Don't worry about the front of the net. Don't do this like. No, this is the next level of hockey. You're you're down low, and then you're going high. So as you follow that defenseman out, you have to be taking him uh, inside out, so he forces that down the boards and out of danger. So uh, about halfway through, or it, actually no, it was about halfway through the first period of that Roseville game. You really saw that in every single one of the players, and it's like okay, that occurred. Like you've been burned on this, however many times in these games so far that. Now you're understanding why we're telling you that, like why we're breaking out the board on the bench to talk through all this. So being able to see that moment and like on the forecheck too, like F1, where where are you going? What angle are you taking on this guy? And just being able to see that, like we've done a whole lot of walkthroughs on this team and practice so far. And now we're at the execution point. Like we've talked this. We've done all the chalk talk on the board we've done the walkthroughs like now it's time to really put this into action and the best way to do that's against pretty good teams here so it's something where uh if if you do it wrong they're gonna like they're gonna exploit that because that's what good teams do so yeah well you see that happen now it's like okay your your mistake here was pointed out by the level of this play let's work on this so we get that going and yeah i mean now we've got the Woodbury tomorrow and I'm already super excited to see the difference coming out of these games and then off for MEA, but not the first practice back. I'm I'm excited to see how that goes and be able to spend time working with these kids on that.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting as coaches when you see those things and then, you know, putting the plans in place to help them take those those growth pieces. I, I would say to any of the players on the B1 team, you know, uh, an 0-2 start, uh, you nobody will really remember this other than if you intentionally do. Uh, as you get into, you know, uh, Christmas and into January and February, it, it will be more present focus. So try not to dwell too much. Try, try and get yourself in a growth mindset where you're just thinking, what's the next best thing I can do? How can I stay focus? How can I continue to grow? You know, how can I support my teammates? What are my coaches asking of me? How can I do the best of that? Uh, and I'm sure your coaches will meet you where you're at and continue, you know, guiding you down the path. Um, it's it's tough. These level jumps are huge. You know, we're seeing it um, even with, you know, one of the, the, the best Hockey players to play in a Saber jersey, right? Cooper Simpson, right? He's, he's he's one of the best. He's for sure one of the most elite goal scorers ever. Um, I mean, we're all nodding our head here, and and you know he's made a jump up to the USHL, and um, you know it's it's not just score goal every night, right? It's it's find your way, it's grind through it, and so there's there's a there's growth happening. You know, I use this analogy in locker rooms all the time with the young kids. Um, you know, most of the guys, the older guys are, are sick of hearing them, but I I still bust them out on occasion because I think they apply, but. You know, if you have a an apple tree, right, and I you won't plant it today. Do you get apples tomorrow?
1: Like, Absolutely not. You know <laughs> no. there,
2: there's no apples tomorrow, right? Do I okay, do I even see the tree? No, I just I just planted it, right? I just put the seeds in. I'm okay, I got good soil, I'm watering it, I get good sunlight. Two weeks later, I got apples. No, there's nothing. D- there's nothing to be seen. There's no there's no growth that's visible at that moment. But what's happening is below the surface. Roots are growing, right? And so this this Ban and B1 team is earning stripes. Roots are growing, right? They're getting an understand that when you when you play with structure and systems, which is necessary as the game levels up, you all of a sudden find yourself out there thinking. Mm-hmm. And thinking means you're playing slow. Right. And now you're just a little bit behind on everything. But as you get settled into second nature of what these systems and concepts and expectations from the coaches are, you stop thinking and now you're doing those things like you were before, but now within a system and doing it all together. And so that's when they'll start to see these apples really, you know, manifest and pop up. That's not to say that you're not gonna ever win a game until, you know, weeks and weeks into the season, but it's just it's gonna be tough. Um, and that's okay right so we just have to keep our heads through that uh, and keep growing because as I, again as I look at this there's kids that can score goals on your team there's kids that can oh, yeah. defend we talked about the goalies you know, you've got the pieces to put this all together um that's not to put any pressure on you it's just it's exciting to see that you've you've got a group here that can really grow and um, I, I'm optimistic that they're gonna take those steps and Eventually, you know, with enough time and patience, enough watering, enough sunlight, you know, we're going to see those apples. We're going to see that growth on the surface, you know, and it's going to be be fun for everyone to enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing as a former B one player, too, like, just not getting, especially really early in the season, just not getting too frustrated. It goes for everybody, whatever age you are playing, but just don't over frustrate yourself too early, especially if you're one of the younger guys that is first year coming up. It takes time. It's the same thing anytime you level jump. Some people might go through it easy. You might pick up systems or certain things faster than others, but don't frustrate yourselves, yourself on the things that you're not good at yet. It will come, Well, whether it takes a week or it takes one practice or it takes you to the end of the season or the year after that, but it'll come. You just have to not frustrate yourself and then just keep working because that's the biggest thing that's going to help you grow as a person but also a hockey player to get to the next level whether that's to make a higher team or to move up on to play high school or whatever else it is you have just not let yourself get frustrated easily and it's tough especially coming into uh, a season and you don't start that well everybody always wants you want to get the first win and once the first one comes you'll you'll take a little bit of sigh of relief, but you just can't stress about everything. And, and, and hopefully,
2: even in my, hopefully, you know, these kids, they're not necessarily thinking about it actively every day today, but they thought about their road to playing high school hockey. Right. That's that's usually the goal for all of us, right? That was my goal playing youth. And you guys are all well nodding our head. That was what we talked pre-show. Like our goal is to play high school hockey. And then if you get to high school and you can make things of it, then you start thinking about how can I keep playing this game, whether it's, you know, through the junior process, playing college, playing club, whatever it might be. Um, and so hopefully these guys have put some thought into like, I wanna make this happen. If I'm a second year, I gotta have a big growth so I can be positioned, you know, going into a sophomore year, you know, to be a high school player. And if I'm a first year, what can I do in that? And two case studies I can think of I just want a vision cast to, to, to the families and the guys, you know, in this boat, one is Yuri and you just alluded to it. right? Yuri was a, a Bantam B1 player. Um, and then eventually turned that into opportunities to play at the next level of Bantams. He played Bantam AA the next year, um, which, you know, right now the HTC, again, every day is a new day. We, we intend to host a Bantam AA team next year based on the number of first year players and the things that we have and the, and the surplus of goalies and just What we expect it to be Uh, we're not making any hard decisions today but that's an opportunity i see for some of those guys Um, and then eventually you turn that into being a captain uh, on the varsity team right so it's not always make the top team of bantams is my first year and my second year and everything's just easy easy and i get it all the time and i get what i want everyone's growth experience is just a little bit different Um, and so there might be a player that's on your team right now coach that you know, ends up being a captain on my team. And then there's the leader in this locker room that we're sitting in here recording. Um, that to me is exciting. And then the other case study is the, the story of Lucas Larson, right? Uh, Lucas Larson didn't play on an A-team. He played B two years in a row, right? So he was a second year from B, came up to the high school program. um, And, you know, we didn't make him a captain, but sure, anyone that knows, he was a leader in this locker room and a leader on our team in almost every capacity with his voice, with his work ethic, uh, just the way he showed up and played um, and logged a ton of minutes, you know, into his junior and especially his senior season. um, And these guys played high school hockey for us. So if you're playing B hockey, it doesn't mean, A, that it's over in the big picture, And especially then as you bring that back into your season, just one day at a time, you know, what can I do to get better today, whether it's at practice, whether it's watching the film, whether I'm on the bench and coach is talking to me and telling me what I can do, you got to soak that up, right? If coach is talking to you and he's saying, hey, he grabs the board and brings you in after the shift, we all want to be perfect. I talked about this with golf. Like, I want to hit that great shot every single time, but it's just not. I I wish after I hit the bad shot right someone that knew the game really well was right there with me like hey right here on this one you need to do this like thanks for that feedback i'm going to try and apply that and that's the same thing here when the boys when you come back to the bench and coach is coaching you up you got to love that right that's just the little details and then treat each other well right do the right things in the locker room help make the other guy next to you better and by osmosis and through the process of growth we're all going to get better and i just i get really excited thinking about you know what could you know transpire for these kids and the opportunities that lie ahead for them.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day there's seventh and eighth grade boys like this is something where we get that there's times where you're unfocused and you're coming in and you're out of it but he, as you're here seeing the life lessons learned and gotten uh, you said that like this is the perfect time for growth both in hockey and as a person so we're trying to uh, we get those hockey skills for you but also that desire and that competitiveness to come in and excel in all areas of your life and learn and you know, I and mean, I'm looking at shock values right here. Like the all of this is impressed on you from a young age. And this is really your time to grow. So again, that's not to put any pressure on this. But well, this is oh, well, this is it. And this is the exciting time. Like I'm super, super happy to be at Bantam's for exactly this reason. Like this age group here, this is, this is a time where you can really make a difference and be being able to step in and
2: just I'm super happy just talking about this. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to I want to talk about your coaches. Um, and, and before we do, just make sure everybody understands. So you're you're the head coach of the B one team this year. Last year, you were an assistant coach with the Bantam Double A team alongside Coach Kratsky, who was on last episode. Um, and you were tasked with uh, you know overseeing uh, the defense and, of course, the goaltenders. Um, and then prior to that, you were the head coach at the peewee b1 level here in shakopee i had some other coaching experiences outside of it those are your your shakopee hockey coaching experiences um let's talk about your coaches um who you have coaching with you um let's get their names and and any background information you have or want to share about them uh,
0: yeah, they're, uh, I mean, again, in- incredibly spoiled in this too. have the ability to have two guys who are extremely invested and care more than, uh, more than just about anyone. So we've got, uh, Josh Kurtz, uh, returning back to, uh, the B1 team as an assistant here. He's been with the association for well, probably five years now, uh, been with the Peewee level, been, uh, been up here at Bantams for a while now. And yeah, his growth and he had, uh, bunch of our second years last year so him being able to come through work with that that familiarity with uh, with this game and the age level he's an exceptionally knowledgeable guy about um, about the sport so being able to have him on the bench is a resource is huge he'll be running our forwards this year so love having that and then have uh, Steve Gabrick back uh, working with our defensemen this year. Uh, I had him uh, as an assistant coach uh, with the PWB ones my first year, so super excited to have him back. He was a former defenseman himself. He's been with the association on the HDC, uh, another one of the guys you always see at the ring to the point where you're wondering if they got a cot in the back somewhere with how much time <laughs> they spend here. But, uh, no, uh, super excited from him, uh, the knowledge between uh, between the coaching staff as a whole and uh, messages we're trying to get across, this is, is a super exciting season and couldn't be uh, more excited about the coaching team that we have there. So works out
2: well. Yeah, it's, it's, it, well, it sounds like a great group. Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to coach with Steve. Uh, Steve's full of passion. Uh, Steve's knowledgeable. Yeah. He knows his stuff. He knows the kids too. So that's, that's really helpful. And he's going to know some of the details that are going on with the kids so that'll help give you a better finger on the pulse, um, which will be really, really helpful. Um, and, and coach Kurtz, I don't know as, as well, uh, obviously seen him around the rinks, he's been around a bit, uh, but passion, you know, loves it. Um, and that's all, that's all really great. So, um, do you have them tasked with forward D, moving around, opening the doors? What's what's the dynamic when they're coaching with you, and um, you know how do you instruct them to support you?
0: Well, we're at the Bantam level, so I think we probably don't need to open the doors for them anymore. Uh, we like to rely on other players for that. We can hop the boards now, but uh, no, we've got Steve with the defenseman there, and then uh, and Kurt's kind of with uh, the uh, the forwards. So being able to have them um, kind of each respectively take that that team there and be able to chat with them throughout uh, throughout the game and really take ownership of that. It's something where you know, and I've had the thing with great coaches, too. It's really the empowerment. So having them always feel comfortable to step up and say something like, hey, th- these are your players that you're directly working with. Let's get you working with them. It's not the hey, let's look and just make sure this is all right. It's like, no, no, like you're here because we trust you. Like yep. you're not here. We are past the age of we need someone here to open the door and pat kids on the back and say good job coming off like you're here because you're a great coach and you're here because you're passionate so i don't ever want to stifle anyone from being able to go out there and coach so this is it where it's like hey you own this you go out there you say something we've uh, kind of made an effort through the first couple of games to be a little more quiet give everyone kind of the chance and again that uh gift of responsibility mm-hmm. for second years and get them uh, comfortable stepping up a little more so played a little more quiet on the bench haven't been the full yelling type yet to do anything there yeah but no super excited for that and uh, yeah having both of them tasked with that and the opportunities and what they're able to go on like it's something where it is a team of three guys here that we're coming across from that and yeah that's not to say anything i mean uh, we've got uh, Gretchen uh, showing on the management too and uh Nick Abdo doing our filming which are key 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 parts to this and want to make sure that they're getting the props they deserve here so all of that it's a it's a big team with all of us and it takes a
2: village it takes a village that's exactly what I was thinking we you took the words out of my mouth there I it, it does it there's a lot going on um you, you, you need everybody you know all hands on deck I think it's tremendous leadership what you're what you're talking about and how you're going about that. Because uh, you want great coaches to coach, right? And there's a word you said that is so important uh, when you have a, a group, a leadership group of any kind, working together. Uh, and it's that it's trust, right? And you said, hey, well, "No, I, we trust you." So I don't look at me to validate what you're saying. Just just tell the kids what you need to tell them what you're seeing, because there's that that's that level of trust. And I think it's. So important, you know, from a head coach to an assistant coach, that's one of the number one things I value when I'm looking to, you know, hire an assistant coach is can we work with a place of trust, right? Because if there's no trust, it's just really tough, right? Mm -hmm. And, And we talk about all kinds of different words and core values. We talked about passion earlier. The other one we talked about is respect. I believe respect is given at all times. The world, the world doesn't always operate this way, but this is the, the viewpoint and what we impress on the kids. It's like we give respect at all times. Um, it's our responsibility to give respect. Um, it's uh, we hope that other people will give us respect, but we are we can't we can't tell them what to do. Trust is different. Trust to me is one of those things where it's it can be earned and broken right and trust is really fragile and trust is really important so when you have an, an environment and a relationship with other leaders where there is trust it's powerful you know it, it really allows everyone to kind of flourish and do their things and and operate within the roles that they've been tasked really at a high level right and that's usually results in good things for the kids and then it trickles down into them operating with that same way because the kids can feel it right they can feel that there's this the coaches don't trust each other Right, and then that becomes the kids not trusting each other so I think that's that's great what you're doing. And I, I applaud it.
0: Oh, yeah, well, these are you say that the kids kids recognize it easy. It's a uh, same thing here from everyone. It's like kids are smarter. They've got a great B.S. detector. Like you're not fooling anyone. They know they know who belongs and who doesn't like you're not. No one's here because it's like, well, we just tried to skate by and do this. It's no like you know, and you're not able to fake
1: it. Like, no, so hey, true. So
0: this is it. Uh, everyone realizes no matter you try to put a show on, but no, this is, well, this is the real world. So we're ready to go. And yeah, I've been blessed with that this year. So again, just super excited to see how this year goes. And again, just all the time with Shakopee hockey too, like it, and it doesn't stop
2: at the end of this year. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tournaments. We have any out of town tournaments. We have any home tournaments uh so no tournaments here in Shakopee,
0: but coming up we have uh the classic gobbler through youth hockey hub we've got that then down in mankato and then we've got the edina tradition over uh over the christmas kind of new years there and then we're up in alexandria a little later so four tournaments two out of town so that's uh that's always an exciting one exciting to see that at this level uh we like say it kind of joking like because that's what we did with the kids but uh we've been doing you know the expectations and going through goal setting and in those meetings there and it's always kind of the hey like what are you looking to get out of the season how will you know that this was a success in opening the door for them to be a little more frank with us is like hey what requests do you guys have like yep. it can be anything from hey I really want to work on uh, my, my face off positioning here and then I'll joke with them too it's like yeah if you want to make sure the hotel in Alexandria has a good pool like well this is your time to say this like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get this on the record here like so no the the out-of-town tournaments are great there something where I always remember from a kid you, you know well this is going out and they'll listen to it too so we won't talk about the dumb stuff that uh that we did at these out of out-of-town tournaments but no it was a it was a perfect time always a chance for bonding with the team and you just get so much closer throughout those and those are the
2: memories that really stick with you yeah no question yeah i so are, you said the pool um are you the coach that lets the, the, this team well they get to the boys want to know they're i'm sure some of them are listening they want to know will we get to swim at any of these when we're in mankato or alexandria do we do we get to or is that a hard no or is it a, we got to see how things shake out or what's your stance on swimming on an out-of-town tournament uh well no my grandpa
0: said it a, a bunch to well says it a bunch to me and it's been impressed on it's just don't do anything dumb like if you go out the you haven't always listened, but it's the type of thing where it's like, hey, well, let's go swim, let's have fun. Like well, that's what this is. But uh, if it impedes your ability to work hard, then hey, yeah, we're not doing this. Like, if you're going out there, you're you're ditzing around for however long, it's like, no, you can go in the pool, do whatever, just go for a soak in the hot tub if you wanna pretend to be that guy. Like, go for it. But we're not doing this to take away from the competitiveness because as much as it's the fun moments, we're going there for hockey. Yeah. Like if you've, there's a far cheaper ways to uh, to bond with a group of friends than uh, through this sport. So yeah, we'll do that for sure. So we'll, now we'll go swim you know, we'll, we'll get all this stuff done. Stay up. Uh, play mini sticks, do all that fun stuff. Uh someone bring an Xbox, we can play chell and and do all that. But at the end of the day, let's go there. We'll put we'll put a curfew down. And uh, parents, your curfew will be prob a little bit longer, but we might put one in there for you guys too. Uh, but we'll grab all that and uh we'll be ready to go. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> if we keep it uh if we keep it to three thirty, I think that's fair for parents and just seeing how they've gone.
2: It's re- it's really for their safety because they've got more work to do the next day, right? I mean, three thirty get them a couple hours of sleep, and then before I know it, there'll be a second safety meeting. And oh yeah, you know, no, I, I, I think if we can shoot for three and a half hours a night, I I think that's a fair goal for the parents. That's and you know what, some can pull it off. I'm not built that way, but some some can do that, and it's uh, it's impressive. Uh, so okay, you we, I asked the question about the pool. Um, my stance has always been, you know, again, it comes down to like, how are games set up? You know, what is our, do we have two games each day? Do we have any time? Also, you know, I imagine parents will have plans for activities. We want to do this. We want to do that. You know, go eat here, do whatever. Um, but when I, usually I I would allow, you know, with a youth program, like we can, we can go swim, but there's a time limit. It's from this time to this time. And it's usually short enough where I can consider, hey, this is this is going to put us in a good situation to have that fun, have that release, hopefully channel them into something controllable rather than I don't know, running outside of the hotel or you know, doing I don't even want to give any ideas, but doing things that, you know, maybe they shouldn't be doing. And so putting them in a position to have a little bit of a release but at the end of the day like you said it's it's business right we're going down there to to take care of some business we've got games to to you know go and perform at you know we're working on things and you know the the parents uh, and the coaches want to see the the kids perform and the kids want to perform they want to go out there and play well so it's that be- delicate dance of trying to put the kids in the right situations to succeed while making sure that they have fun cuz we all know the memories that everyone talks about is you know, the hotel, the the mini sticks, the, you know, whatever it is away from the game. The, the concession stand had this great popcorn or this, you know, whatever it is. It's those things that people usually remember out of their experiences looking back.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was always the time at the hotel plus not condoning it, but some of the dumb stuff that was done in our off time necessarily is the stuff you kind of remember but you also remember kind of how you do in the tournaments not necessarily kind of how we talk about regular season like game by game but kind of just the overall like oh did i have fun did we do at least decent or good that's kind of the stuff you remember is just the overall like the feelings that you were kind of going through through the tournament so oh yeah i mean we can say from the youth growing up you can play in- three or four tournaments
0: every year the uh, ones we remember 10 years later um, you you know exactly like you know what happens it's like yeah yeah maybe we didn't win it but we were on that side we're still playing a meaningful game on sunday so going through that it's a fun time but no remembering bringing this up this is probably one of the best lines from two years ago don't know if it was a misspeak or that was the true belief but uh mr mason youngberg asked if uh the pool had a nice hotel at it because you could tell that was where the time was going to be it's like we're going up there <laughs> we're doing the pool with the guys we're grabbing this and, no. <laughs> It's
2: the oh, pool. Ever, no. nice hotel. classic Mesa. <laughs> that is great oh that's funny well okay i got i got one last uh question and we've alluded to it so it, it's you know we don't need to be redundant but just what are your expectations for this group and, and this season uh, yeah uh, the expectations
0: are just growth throughout all of this like we're looking to do that is you take a a day-to-day basis you know you've got your competitive you know your competitive, your strategic and your coachability commitments that we're expecting from you out of that and that makes it so we're able to work towards the big one that we're looking to progress along this season we're looking to make every single, player at the end of this a much better hockey player and uh, success is a part of that like if you're losing every game like hey that's you're not having fun you're not doing this but our expectations is to have a big hockey season where a lot of people learn everything and uh, develop as players but also the expectation is that you're happy to come towards the rink every day like if you're if you're not having a fun time with us then we got to make changes because we're looking to keep you enjoyable here and uh, the second that it just becomes a drag again we talk about teammates and kids would be us detectors like you know, they know when that's there so we're looking to make every practice competitive really grow throughout that but um, a big part of this too is just making sure people are
2: still in love with hockey and uh in the middle of march when they look back on this yeah absolutely because you You know, we talked earlier about some guys that had some big off-seasons, but you'll want to send them, you know, into March and then into April, May, June, July, through the summer you know, fired up, you don't want to send them like, you know, I don't want to look at my hockey bag, right? Because then they don't put that extra work in intrinsically on their own. And um, it is that balance of, you know, pushing them, holding them accountable, but also making sure that it's it's not a burnout and that they they don't want to just throw their stuff in the, in the river when the season's over. They want to they want to put that extra work in and say, you know what? This was fun. I got better. And I'm going to get even better because I'm going to work harder because I was inspired. I had great coaching. I had great teammates. I had a great experience. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. And that's that's the hope. And I'm confident you're gonna do a great job with that. And I, like I said, this, this season is set up for this group to grow. Um, oh, right. And and I think we've got some some already some benchmarks. There'll be a, you know more that we'll measure here throughout the next couple of weeks. Just what we do as coaches, look at how things start and then how they end. Uh, but a couple of tough losses, so I'll be curious if you know a scrimmage gets set with a with a Lakeville South or a Roseville on the other side of New Year's, and then what the what the turnout is. And 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 a win is great, right? Obviously, that's that's a big turnaround from you know a six zero or nine zero, or whatever it was, but. Um, just even cutting those closer and making them competitive games all of a sudden shows a ton of growth and that'll be exciting to see.
0: Oh, those conversations have happened already. I, I can assure <laughs> you we will be playing these teams uh, a little more often than we have so far. So we're looking forward to
2: that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate all your your hard work and dedication that you you put in with with this group, and um, you know the passion you pour into Shockey Hockey. It's felt. It's appreciated. Uh, for those listening, if you you know see Connor Coach Hall at the rink, uh, make sure you give him some love, give him some heck, say hi to him, uh, and thank him for all
1: his time and energy spent uh, coaching the boys. He's not allowed to be invisible at the rink anymore. Now he's going to be a celebrity here, so you know, just so long as it's for the right reason
0: but with the ability to sneak in you know wear uh wear a different jacket than one that says haul on the back is a little gone now so uh, we'll see how that goes but no having the conversations and being able to keep that up with anyone believe me more than happy to talk hockey at any point so well let me know and happy to chat absolutely thank you sir
1: we hope you enjoyed this episode and we want to thank you for making it all the way to the end Hit that follow button to save our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you
2: enjoyed the podcast and want to show your support, we encourage you to leave us a five-star rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you at the rink.